and welcome to WrestleCore. I'm your host, William Myers. Today we're going to be reviewing everything that happened on AEW Dynamite, Fighter Fest Night 1. Of course, this edition was headlined by the Darby Allen versus Brian Cage coffin match. The first time ever in AEW that's happened. We're going to start things off with John Moxley versus Carl Anderson for the IWGP United States Championship. Started off the match real strong, of course. You had Eddie Kingston and Doc Gallows on the outside. As soon as the match started, Eddie Kingston pulled out a lead pipe and immediately attacked Doc Gallows to where it was a one-on-one match. So we had Moxley versus Art Anderson in a pretty pretty good match, I'd say. Um, of course, John Moxley did retain the IWGP United States Championship. That was then followed up by a backstage promo where Lance Archer challenged John Moxley. He said um, they had some previous history back in New Japan where Archer actually lost that title to John Moxley to begin this current reign in a Texas death match. He then suggested, well, since we're in Texas next week, we might as well get a rematch in, in a, again, a Texas death match. So we're going to see next week John Moxley versus Lance Archer for the IWGP United States Championship in a Texas death match. Because later in the night, John Moxley did accept the um, invitation to the match. He told him it was kind of corny, but you know, he he can get away with it. He said, you may be Texas born and Texas bred, but next week you're going to be Texas dead. And I thought that was hilarious. He, he Moxley just said it with so much spark to where you just believed exactly what he was saying. So we're going to get that match next week. I'm really looking forward to it. It's kind of weird because it's, I mean, Mox can't lose, but... At the same time, neither can Archer. I don't think Archer can afford another loss. After the losses he's been building up since he's debuted in AEW, I just don't think he can afford another loss. But this is AEW. We'll leave it up to them and see how they book it to where, you know, of course, I think I think everyone's going to come out of the match looking strong. It's just up to them to see how it goes. Next up, we had Andre El Idolo. Idolo. Jesus, that name is really hard to pronounce, and I'm not editing that out because it's a struggle to say it anyway. Um, he had a promo with uh, Alex Abrantes where he was pretty much asking, you know, where's the death triangle? And it was funny because you could hear the crowd in the background say, what did he just say? Like they were like, oh, so it's a little bit of speculation on if, you know, he's looking to, you know, buddy up with them. If he's looking for a fight because he didn't say all he said was, where's death triangle? Tell them I'm looking for him. And the promo was over after that. Um, we then had Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage for the FTW World Championship. Of course, the story of the match is that there's been some infighting in Team Taz. Of course, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks have been at the head of that. Um, you know, Ricky Starks got injured, so they they still were having the infighting, but they couldn't go as strong with it because, of course, Ricky Starks couldn't really compete. Um, he, you know, Ricky Starks has been going back and forth with Brian for a while. Taz said the only way to fix it was just to have a fight. He said there's no issues. You know, they aren't breaking up. They're just going to they just need to have a match to settle their differences. So, of course, you know, we have the match and it's for the FCW World Championship, which on commentary they did mention is not recognized by AEW as an official championship. But they're still fighting for it. And it was a pretty good match. Both men got strong reactions. And I think everyone could tell where it was going, but no one was upset by that. I think everyone pretty much was expecting, you know, they're, they're going to screw Brian Cage somehow. Team Taz is going to screw him over. So Ricky Starks was trying to use the FTW championship and Will Hobbs actually stopped him. He, you know, took the belt from him and told him, no, we're not winning like that, which was weird because a few seconds later, 
after Brian Cage missed his movie he was going for, Will Hobbs then attacked him with the or hit, then hit him with the FTW World Championship, which led to a spear by Ricky Starks, and match was over. One, two, three. Ricky Starks won the FTW World Championship. Team Taz, you know, celebrated, including Taz. They all got together They're like, "Yay, finally!" And you can tell, you know, they just baby faced Brian Cage, which is no problem. He he will make a great baby face, and I think he'll work great with anyone who he, you know, ends up feuding with next. This rivalry may be over. It may not be over. I could definitely see Brian Cage maybe getting getting a couple tag partners to face Team Taz at some point, maybe at All Out. But I don't think this is over just yet. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, next up, moving on, we had Cody Rhodes and Malachi Black going back and forth. Cody came out. Um, you know, he came out to the commentary desk, put the headset on. He told Malachi Black pretty much there's nothing wrong with him coming after him first. He, you know, he can come after Cody. He understands what he represents in the company. And he's fine with debuting stars wanting to fight him. The problem is when he kicks a 62-year-old man in the head. And he said it with so much passion. He's like, you know, I can't even do this anymore. Someone get me a mic. So he goes and he grabs a mic. And he goes out to the ring and he pretty much calls out Malachi Black. Now, Malachi appears via the Titantron up on the top of the ramp. And, you know, it seems like one of those WWE tramps where we're thinking he's just going to talk and not say anything. But he actually spoke. He's like, you know, uh, he tells him a story of a man with his prized stallion, his most prize stallion he's ever had after he saw the stallion didn't have the drive anymore he attacked it he, he put it down because he knew that he just didn't have it anymore whatever it was he didn't have what it takes anymore he did not have that anymore cody then said well if you don't think i have it if you don't think i'm ready if you don't think i'm me anymore come down here look me in the eyes and find out and malachi responded with probably the coldest line of the night and said i was hoping you say that the lights turned out just like they did last week and Malachi Black appeared. They burst out into a brawl. So they actually fought for a few seconds. Not nothing too long, but they fought for a few seconds until getting separated by um by officials in the back, a few referees, you know. And I actually thought it was a good play, you know, because um Cody, you know, he's wearing his all white suit. Malachi's in his all black suit. So you can tell they're the exact opposite of each other. And this was the Cody we've all been waiting to see. Not saying the feud with QT Marshall was boring or QT Marshall, I apologize. Not saying it was boring, nothing like that. It, I personally enjoyed it. I understood the story and everything going along with it. Maybe it wasn't the biggest star, you know, as humanly possible that he was facing. But, you know, that's the point of wrestling. You want to build people up to where you can put them in those positions and they don't feel foreign. Now, when QT Marshall challenges someone else that's maybe on a Cody's level, you'll understand why they're doing it. But, you know, um, I think it's going to be a great match. Who knows what it's going to lead to, but they were going in on each other. Um, that was then followed up by Santana and Ortiz speaking with Tully Blanchard. You know, Tully was walking around in the back um, with no one. He's pretty much bragging about how he beat Conan up last week. Um, you know, same old, same old. Then Santana and Ortiz are waiting around the corner. They pretty much told him you're bold for walking around by yourself. They jack him up and they tell him that's a warning. They better not ever see him by himself again. He then, you know, gets brushed off. They tell him, get your boys, go get FTR. And Tully whispers in the background once they walk off, well, I'm going to get him. So we you know that's going to lead to a Santana and Ortiz versus FTR match somewhere down the line. Um, we'll see how that goes as well. No really major updates or no announcements yet on a match between the two. But we will see how it goes. Next up, we had Hangman Adam Page. 
um, coming out to try to challenge Kenny Omega to a World Heavyweight Championship match. He said, you know, he was scared, but the Dark Order did give him that confidence that he needed, and he felt like he needed that world title. He said he was so close when he first, you know, when the company first debuted, but he couldn't get it done, and now it's something he needs to do. So he's in the middle of saying he wants to challenge for the title, and Don Callis interrupts. Um, it's Don Callis, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and the Good Brothers, pretty much all of the elite, or the super elite as they're known. The Young Bucks troll um, Hangman, pretty much telling him he's not that guy, like the meme on uh, TikTok. I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with TikTok, but he's like, you're not that guy, pal. Trust me, you're not that guy, which was hilarious. It got a laugh out of me, at least. And uh, Matt says, you know, give me a second. I'm going to go step into the ring with the guy. So he goes in the ring with Hangman and he tells him he he can't beat Kenny. He says he's not good enough to beat Kenny. He knows he's not good enough to beat Kenny. He says, by the smell of your breath, sounds like you're still hitting the bottle pretty hard. And he just tells he tells Hangman he's going to be the next great wrestling tragedy, which gets a response out of him where they go head to head. He's like, oh, you want to hit me? Hit me. Hangman then punches him in the face. And that's when all of the elite kind of surrounds the ring. He kind of fight, he fights at a couple of the good brothers. And it sounds like, or it looks like, um, looks like Hangman's about to get hit by Kenny with the belt. So the Dark Order come out to make the save. So he, they end up scurrying off and Hangman challenges Kenny to a match tonight. He says, no, nah, I don't think you're getting a match out of me tonight. But since these losers are here, referring to the Dark Order, how about we all face off five on five? Hangman says, okay, I accept. But... If we win, not only do I get to face you for the AEW World Championship, the Dark Order gets to face the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. So the funny thing with that response was Kenny then says, oh, my gosh, you you can't make demands. You aren't in a position to make demands like that. And they whisper between each other. They sit there. They talk about it. They discuss things. And Kenny comes out. He says, you know what? We'll accept your match. But if you guys lose... Not only do you not get a tag, I mean, a world title shot, but they don't get a tag title shot either. It's back of the line for both of you, all of you guys. They accept the match. We don't know when it's set for, but it will be a five on five elimination match between the Dark Order and Hangman Page versus the Super Elite. Hopefully that's the fight for the Fallen show, because I believe I'll be going to that show in uh, Carolina, North Carolina uh, in a couple weeks. Hopefully that's the show. I'll cross my fingers on that. Um, but it was an overall highlight of the night for me. I loved it. Personally, I think they're going to have a great match. I'm not of the belief that Hangman should lose the first match, though. I think the first match is going to be very unpredictable. Because of the fact that people think Hangman will lose the first match, I think that should be the match he goes over. Because at that point, I think that match is going to be the one that's going to be the most unpredictable. When they have a rematch, if Hangman loses and they have a rematch... It's going to be predictable. They're going to know Hangman's winning. He's not losing twice. So I think to take some of that, you know, to keep some of that suspense, have him go over the first time. Have him beat Kenny Omega. And if you want to do a rematch, fine, do a rematch. But I don't see a reason to have him lose and then re-challenge for it. Now, I do see a scenario where they lose this five on five and he has to climb his way up back, you know, climb his way back into the rankings, maybe Maybe it takes all the way until two weeks, three weeks before All Out to get him back where he needs to be to challenge for it at that point. I think that would be a great story to tell. But I wouldn't have him lose after challenging for the title. That's just me personally. 
but we'll see where it goes. Um, but like I said, this is an overall great segment. It's the highlight of the night for me personally. And I can't wait to see where they go with this next. It's just it's amazing to see where they're going with the storyline, especially to know, you know, every you know, Hangman has the Dark Order's back and the Dark Order have, you know, they have Hangman's back. They aren't going to lose that match easily. That's going to be one hell of a match. And I cannot wait for it. Um, next up, we had Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage. A lot of people thought this was going to be boring. I was kind of I won't say it was boring. It wasn't amazing, but the crowd definitely lifted it up. If this was happening in Daly's place with, you know, a few fans, I think it would have been worse. But I think the people in there just kind of hyped it up a bit. You had some pretty cool spots. Um, you know, as soon as the match started, they got into a lockup and they stood there for like a minute. They went outside the ring, still were in the lockup. So it was a pretty old school wrestling match. I think it was pretty good. Um, like I said, it wasn't amazing, but it was passable. Not every match is going to be perfect. I think people have to realize not every match is going to be 10 out of 10 amazing. It just has to be passable. This is still weekly television. You know, these guys can't come out and deliver these bangers every single week. You know, some matches are going to feel slower than the others. Some matches are going to feel faster than the others. But that's why you that's how you keep the different variety in the show. So I personally had no problem with it. A couple um, signature spots were, you know, Christian going up on... Um, you know, having Matt Hardy in the turnbuckle and hitting him with those 10, um, those 10 Fist of Fury, as they're called. Thought that was a pretty cool spot. You know, uh, Christian was showing that his hands hurting after that. I thought that was funny. Um, Christian did win the match with the kill switch after Matt Hardy kept trying to get him a count out win for himself. Didn't work. Christian ends up getting back in the ring, hitting the kill switch on him. One, two, three. After the match, we had Private Party come out. They were trying to attack Christian, but then uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus came out to a loud ovation. Jungle Boy is so over, man. Like I, I can't wait to see his ascent up into the upper card of the show. But um, he came out, had a pretty, pretty good reaction. They celebrated together, and that was pretty much it for that segment. Um, after that, we had a video package by Miro in the back, pretty much saying he's the redeemer and also debuting a new TNT title, which looks amazing like i can't do it just of a po- uh, justice over podcast you have to go look at it it's a white strap with the gold plates and the green it's like a green line under the tnt championship i think it looks amazing um someone pointed out to me on twitter that it's the colors of bulgaria so i thought that was added even more now i'm i personally saw i saw an idea saying that maybe the guys should Every time, you know, every time someone wins a TNT title, maybe they should redesign it. I personally would love that idea. Instead of doing side plays, it's like, hold my beer. <laughs> Here's a new belt. So I think that would be perfect. Um, I would love to see it. I can just imagine, you know, like a Jungle Boy, what would he do with his title? Or a Sammy Guevara, what would he do with his title? You know, it's, I could definitely see that happening. And I personally just... I love that title. The new title just looks amazing to me. Next up, we had a Britt Baker promo. Um, You know, she's interviewed in the ring by Tony Schiavone. Amazing as always. She's a heel, but she always gets these major pops, which I think is just amazing. You know, Um, she came out to the ring, pretty much told told Vicky Guerrero that she's irrelevant. And the only reason she can stay relevant is because of her last name, which got a huge pop from the fans. She said, Nyla Rose, however, doesn't have that last name. She needs that title to be relevant. She needs her to be relevant. She said, without that title, Nyla Rose is nothing. She said, 
even without the title, she's still Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And of course, you got the fans following along to the DMD chant, which is probably one of the loudest pops of the night every time she says it. But it still cracks me up. You then um, kind of had a little split out promo where Vicky and Nyla were watching the promo in the back. They immediately cut to them. Nyla pretty much says, you know, you can't help what I'm going to do to you next week. There's no escaping it. There's no running from it. And I won't feel ashamed because it's just the nature of the beast. Thought it was a pretty good follow up promo. Actually got me a little bit more hyped for the match. Um, I think they're going to put on a good show. You know, hopefully we'll see how that goes and kind of just move on from there. Um, next up, of course, uh, was Sammy Guevara versus Wheeler Utah. Um, I thought the match was really fast-paced, really exciting. Of course, Wheeler wasn't going to win. We all knew that. Sammy just needed a big follow-up win after that loss to MJF a couple weeks back. But it still was a pretty good match. Um, you can definitely see Wheeler showing some signs of improvement. I like that they showed what he was doing on Dark and Dark Elevation before this. So it's not just like, oh, this random guy popping up. And if you don't watch Dark and Dark Elevation, you don't know him. They gave us some allusion to what he was doing before, just so we knew, like, okay, yeah, this is who this is. This is why you should be excited for him. Um, of course, Orange Cassidy and um, the best friends, they kind of, well, the best friends total, they've been kind of supporting him, which I thought was cool. Um, you know, it kind of brought him in with someone, not by himself as much. So that was a cool introduction. Of course, Orange Cassidy got a huge pop when they escorted him to the ring. Um, of course, Sammy Guevara won, but it was a pretty good match. Um, I think it kept things moving pretty smoothly throughout the night. So no problems there. Now, I don't remember, but I I know we had a Chris Jericho and MJF promo at somewhere in there. Um, I want to say it was before the Sammy Guevara match. Basically, Chris Jericho said, you know, Hercules was able to overcome his five challenges and so will he be able to. He said he's the god of war, the god of thunder, and he's going to beat whoever the people that MJF set up in front of him are. Um, then we cut to uh, Sean Spears actually hitting him in the throat with a chair. MJF tells him, yeah, you know, the first match of your challenges, they start next week. You're going to be facing Sammy Guevara and you can't use a chair, but he can. So it's going to be chair versus no chair next week, which I think will be funny. Um, reminds me of that Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre match from last year at Extreme Rules. So, um, I, of course, Chris Jericho is going to win that. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But can't wait to see that match happen. I think it'll go down pretty smoothly with the fans, and I think it'll be a pretty smooth match. Next up, we have Penelope Ford versus Yuka Sakazaki. Sorry if I butchered that name. I'm trying to learn it a bit, but I, I definitely understood. Um, they fans gave her a warm welcome um, back into the back into the AEW fold. She's pretty much just on an excursion, so I don't think she's going to get too major of a push. She may get a chance to fight Britt Baker at one point, but um, match was pretty good. It was overall fast pace. They had a few misses, but I mean, you know, it's just some of these guys are still kind of green, so it's not, you know, everyone's not going to put on again, like I said, a, a world-class match. They're going to be slip-ups, but the point is everyone's safe. No one, you know, got injured. Just everyone's going to get better over time anyway, so... I don't see why people are trashing the match on Twitter. I think it'll, you know, the women's division has slowed down a bit, but it's going to pick back up. You can tell they're going to bring Thunder Rosa back. They're hyping up Chris Statlander. You still got Tay Conti. You still got Red Velvet, Jade Cargill. The women's division is going to be fine. I think especially with that extra hour on Rampage, it's going to help things out a lot. And that division will be fine. I don't see them having any problems for the foreseeable future. But again, we'll see how it goes. We now go on to the main event of the evening, which was Darby Allen versus Ethan Page in a coffin match. 
Not a casket match, a coffin match. First ever coffin match in AEW, by the way. Um, it was a really strong match. Like it caught me off guard. I will be honest. It caught me off guard. Ethan Page made his entrance first. Comes in the ring, he's standing around, then Darby Allen skateboards down to the ring. You know, you think nothing of it. He gets in the ring and immediately backs um Ethan Page into a corner, runs at him with his back, and he hits him. It's like kind of like he does a little back slam on him, and it's like uh you're sitting there looking like, well, why did that hurt Ethan Page so much? Turns out he had a steel plate on. He took his jacket off, took the steel plate off, and the match immediately starts. Um, they went back and forth out into the crowd. It was a crazy spot where Darby Allen jumped into um, Ethan Page. They hit the barrier, and I was laughing because they spilled a guy's beer. I always wonder, do they get replacements or stuff like that happens? You know, weird stuff that I pick up when I'm watching the show. I don't know why. But um, they, you know, it was a pretty intense brawl. Now, you know they were going to do the spot where someone was in the casket. But the thing that I like the most about, you know, what they did with the matches, they had Darby open the casket early on. So Darby opened the casket in the first two minutes of the match. So it's not like, you know, uh, Scorpio Sky was sitting in there for 15 minutes. They had Darby Allen open the coffin. And when he opened it, Scorpio Sky pops out, starts attacking him. Um, then, of course, Sting makes the save. Funny little angle where they uh, Sting was about to do the Scorpion splash on him. And when he was uh, going for it, the camera cut away, so we don't know if he hit the, hit him with it or not. But that was out in the out in the crowd. They pretty much brawled out in the crowd for a while. Then they cut the focus back to Darby Allen and Ethan Page. It was some more crazy spots. Um, Ethan Page actually disconnected the turnbuckle, so he disconnected it, which came into play later. Um, once he disconnected it, he hooked it to Darby Allen's chain around his neck and snatched him down from behind. A couple spots later. When Darby Allen finally took control in the match, he actually put the hook in Ethan Page's mouth like a fish hook. And it looked like it was going to pop through his cheek. It was it was amazing how crazy the match was. Um, he then uh, Ethan Page then hit the Eagles edge on Darby Allen off of the top rope onto some steel steps, which looked painful as all hell. It looked awful. Um, they're fighting right in front of the coffin when Darby Allen. And this is something I like, too. Darby Allen isn't sitting, you know, he, he's in trouble. He's about to get put into the coffin. And instead of, you know, it's not like he's trying to do some wrestling move. He realizes he's in a fight. So he then bites at Ethan Page's eye, hits him. He falls into the coffin. Darby Allen slams it shut and wins the match one, two, three, which was, you know, amazing pop. Probably one of the loudest pops of the night. He won the match. It looks like he ended the feud with Ethan Page. They're done. He's celebrating. And all of a sudden you see um, Darby Allen go back out outside, you know, where the coffin is. He straightens it out, goes to the top rope and does a coffin drop through the closed coffin that Ethan Page is still laying in. It was so much room for error, which made it so much cooler because he had to he had to aim. He had to hit it in the right spot. And he did. He hit it right where it was supposed to be. And it, that's how the um, show ended with him going through the coffin, which was a crazy Overall, I think this was amazing dynamite. Had me hooked the whole two hours. I never took my eyes off the TV. I personally think they're going to do a lot of good now that they're back on the road. I think these next few shows are going to be amazing. Um, next week, you have a pretty stacked card. I know we have My Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker. We have John Moxley versus Lance Archer in that Texas death match. 
you know, we got Chris Jericho versus Sean Spears. So next week is going to be a crazy show. You guys let me know if you want me to preview that show or if you're fine with me doing just reviews. If you're fine with me just doing reviews, that's fine with me as well. Um, like I said, just give me a follow on Twitter at Wrestle underscore core. That's Wrestle underscore core on Twitter. I'll be more than happy to answer any of your questions. Feel free to talk to me after the stream is over. Um, if you guys have any suggestions on the audio, um, anything like that, because I'm still new to the whole podcast thing, let me know on Twitter. I'll be more than happy to fix any issues. Um, this has been Russell Core. My name is Wood, and thank you for joining the AEW Dynamite Review.